0: So we uh, presented this weekend to bless you guys. and You have an encounter with the Lord. And then it feels like I'm having encounters with Jesus this weekend. That's just removing lids of my own life. And that's why I love weekends like this. It's just like we're stepping out and then God does not disappoint. Amen. There's just so many things that's happened. So for those who missed last night, really want to encourage you to go watch it online. Um... And I was really blessed this weekend with uh, Andre Broncos being here. Uh, there's multiple things that I think that reveals that somebody is a true prophet. Um, but so last night when he was prophesying over people individually, and I think he's gonna do that again at the end of this uh, session. Um, I, knew, I know the people, he does not know the people. And he, it was just so accurate. It was just so revealing the heart of the Father. You know, so for me that's one thing that okay, accuracy is good. Um, and then a few other things, but, you know, he really reveals the heart of God, the heart of the Father. And his interaction with him, just the humility and, 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 and the, yeah, it's just, like I just really think he, you really represent the Lord well, um, which is so inspiring. I've been so frustrated with so many prophetic things, you know, prophetic people that misrepresent God. And so for me, this is really a God connection. And it's such an honor for us to have you here and even just um, what he shared was, you know, because he, he couldn't come at first. And, uh, and I was uh, fasting and praying like crazy the one day, not for that. But, you know, you, sometimes you, you, you fast and pray for other things. And then the Lord doesn't answer that prayer. He answers another prayer. And so the next day, he just sent me a message. And he said, the Lord told him to come to East London. And then he, sa- he said to us last night, the Lord said to him, I want you to be, I want you more here than in Israel because there's something significant happening here. Isn't that amazing? Come and give Jesus praise for that. God is moving. And so I wanna encourage you to open your heart wide. Let the Lord speak to you even beyond His words. Listen to what God is saying to you. Amen. Awesome, come on, let's put our hands together for Andre Bronkhorst.
1: Amen. Let's give uh, your pastors a hand, please. Thank you, uh, Pastor Andre, for the invitation to be here. Um, and then also, Henk, was wonderful to meet you over this weekend. I've seen Henk's name everywhere. I mean, I don't know what God's doing in his life, but every banner, every church I walk in, they say, Hink, Hank, Hink is the man of God. <laughs> so I'm glad I could meet him at last <laughs> today. I wondered, you know, he seems to hide away somewhere, then appear and miracles happen, then he goes back. But it is good good to meet him this weekend. Uh, I've got an evangelist with me, Andre. I'm going to ask him to quickly come and greet you. Um, he travels with me. The last five years, when I moved to Mossel Bay, everyone told me, you have to meet this young man. And uh, I met him, and I could immediately see the hand of God upon his life. Um, he carries an anointing. God gave me a word for him, and also where he will go. And uh, God's, uh, he's got a powerful ministry that's, that's touching people's lives all over. I'm going to ask him just to come and greet you, and then we're going to continue to minister. Please, Andre.
2: Amen. Amen. It's a great honor for me to be here in this London. Uh, uh, this place is growing on me. Uh, I like the people. I like the hunger among the people for the presence of God. I want to thank your pastors uh, and all the leadership of the church for you know, facilitating the presence of God. Um, we go to places where there's just no movement of the spirit. And uh, yesterday uh, night when I'm walking to the building, I could sense the presence of God. I was so tired, but I left here rejuvenated, uh, refreshed. Uh, Because we had a a touch from the presence of God last night. Amen. My name is Joandre. I'm 27 years old. I'm an evangelist, as they say. And I am going to be married for three years at the end of this month. And I have two children to show for it. And, you know, the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. And so my wife and I took that command very seriously. And we are building the nation. Praise the Lord. Now, what I do is we have a tremendous following on social media. The Lord has blessed us with lots of people listening to our ministry and listening to our preaching. And out of this event, a ministry online, we have started hosting events all across South Africa where we see thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people coming, being saved, healed, touched, delivered, set free, refreshed, and seeing them go into the, uh, the calling of God upon their lives. But when COVID came, we were on the peak of our ministry. We had um, great momentum. We were seeing great things happening across South Africa. And suddenly everything was called you know, to stop. We were just stopped suddenly in our tracks. And a few months into lockdown, I was getting a bit depressed and I was asking the Lord, what am I to do now? I can't go to a mall to, to witness to someone at, at the door. You know, the security guards were there, like uh, put on your mask, sanitize. I would tell them about Jesus, but suddenly we can't go, we can't move and I'm frustrated. And uh, while I was going through this frustration, I was praying and I was asking the Lord, what am I to do as an evangelist? And while I was reading through the book of Genesis, the Lord, or the story of Joseph caught my attention. And I want to read you a passage of Scripture this morning. You know, while I was reading about Joseph, I saw that God gave him visions and dreams that, that God was planning for his life. And suddenly he was thrown into a pit by his brothers. He was sold as a slave. Uh, He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was thrown into prison. And, you know, all this stuff that happened in Joseph's life did not look like the visions God gave him. It did not look like the dreams that God gave him. But while I was reading this scripture, my my attention uh, stopped at this passage of scripture. I want to read it to you this morning. In Genesis 39 verse 20, it says the following. Joseph's master took him and put him in a prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. When I read the scripture, the Lord said to me, You Andre, what you sometimes view as punishment, God views as positioning. Joseph could have been thrown into any prison, but he was thrown into the king's prison because he was, God put him at the right moment at the right time so that he can appear before Pharaoh to interpret his dreams, to take up the calling, the dreams, the visions that God gave him. I want to tell you today what we sometimes perceive as punishment, God views as positioning. Now, we should understand, the Bible says it is the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. When the attack comes from the enemy, the Bible says when, there's, uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard against him. And so when the enemy comes in, a, in a, like a flood, when he attacks us, God can change that attack into positioning to, to take up our destinies. Now, I was sitting in this situation, I, I'm like, Okay, Lord, I feel like I'm being punished and limited. And the Lord says to me, no, you you are being positioned. And suddenly our online ministry went from reaching hundreds of thousands a month, uh, hundreds of thousands of people a month to millions a month. And because of us reaching three and four and five million people a month online, suddenly our ministry's influence grew, our capacity grew, our finances grew, our impact grew. And because of that, now we see even more people coming to our events across South Africa. Now we see more people pitching up and we see a greater fruit manifesting because I changed my perception. I felt like I was being limited, but actually God was positioning me to, to walk in a greater anointing, to, to function in a higher capacity. And I want to speak over your life today what you are viewing as punishment. Listen to me to, to, to this morning. God views as positioning. God is positioning you to walk into everything he has for you. No devil in hell can stop the plan of God. Listen to me. God is is true to his word. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. The Bible says that his word is yes and amen. The Bible says that what God has started, he will bring to completion in your life. In Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Amen. The Lord bless you.
1: Amen. You can open up your Bibles. If you don't have your Bible here today, you can go and sit next to a Christian. <laughs> John chapter 4, verse 6. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. As we open up your word, your word is alive and it is active. Thank you, Father, that it will go forth and it will accomplish exactly that this morning. Everywhere people are watching from that their presence, their room will fill with your presence right now in that place. In Jesus' name, amen. Talk about New Testament prophets this morning. Today we have many New Testament prophets that still have Old Testament mindsets. And the Old Testament prophets were the voice of God. Nations did not go to war if they did not consult the prophets. And the prophets prophesied that they are going to win. If the prophet said, no, they're going to lose, they withdraw from that battle. So prophets were the voice of God in the Old Testament. There was voices, there was oracles, there was musicians, um, but only Israel had prophets. And So God gave prophets to Israel to lead them in the Old Testament. In the New Testament where we're living right now, the function of the prophet differs. There is nothing that the New Testament and Old Testament prophet have in common, except the name prophet. But nothing else, the DNA is completely different in how they function. The New Testament, the main purpose of a New Testament prophet is to strengthen your relationship with God. I'm here today to come and stir up something within your spirit, within your heart to say, God, I want to hear you. I want to follow you. I want you. That is what I want to do here today. I don't want you to remember me, my name, or follow me. I want you to follow Jesus the same way that I hear God, you can hear God today. And I want to spark that and encourage that in your life today. So in the New Testament, we have New Testament prophets, but they function very differently according to the Old Testaments. Their purpose is not to bring direction, bring warning and, uh, over, over nations and over people and over government. One thing that is evident about the ministry of Jesus is that Jesus never got involved in politics. In his days, there was a lot of things that happened. Uh, People were persecuted. The Romans persecuted people. Things that we're facing today, famine. There was famine in the days that Jesus lived. But he did not get involved in those things. He was focused on his assignment and and the calling, the mission that he had on earth. There was one place where uh, he stood in front of Pilate. And this is the only place that I can find where Jesus did get involved in politics. He stood in front of Pilate, and Pilate said to him, speak up. He said, don't you know that I have power over you? I have power over life and death. And then Jesus got involved in politics. He said, no, the only power that you have is which my father has given you. It's the only place where he got involved in politics. (laughs) Uh, And so he was not moved. There was many bad things that happened in the news in Jesus' days. There was many WhatsApp messages and groups that went out and spread the news But Jesus was not moved by that. He was focused on his assignment and and his calling. A lot of things that's happening in the news right now is a distraction. I want to say to you that not every voice that you hear that represents, that says it represents God is from God. In fact, the word tells us, he he speaks and says, many of these teachings handed down by demons. So there's things that is in the news to distract us, to put us away from God, to bring in fear into our lives. Listen, heaven is not in a lockdown. Nothing has changed. The last two, three years, uh, heaven was not caught by surprise. You know, God doesn't have a special team that's dealing with COVID. (laughs) So nothing has stopped. The sign is still continuing, it's still moving, and it's time for us to get back on track and back into the things that God has called us to be. Now, I want you to look today at the ministry of Jesus. When we come to the firefold, the firefold. Represents Jesus and we look at his ministries. If you are a pastor today, you follow Jesus. You look at his method, his teachings, when you are a prophet, when you are an evangelist. The entire for Jesus is our role model. Today, I don't look at Elijah. I don't want to be like Elijah. I don't want his character. I don't look at Abraham. Uh, I don't look at David, Moses, none of them. I don't follow Adam. I follow Jesus. I look at his method and I learn from that. And that is how I want to minister today. And so Jesus is a true representation of a New Testament prophet, a healthy prophet, and a healthy lifestyle. So John chapter 4, verse 6 to 19, I want you to zoom in on the ministry of Jesus. To look at how his method is. It starts as Jacob well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? He starts a conversation with her. Jesus does not come to the pit and say to her, Hey, woman, my name is Prophet Jesus, and you are about to have an encounter with me, and your life is never going to be the same, uh, and I want you to follow my ministry from this day forth. No, Jesus started a conversation with her. He asked her a question. Will you give me a drink? And then from that, the conversation started. You know the passage well. And then in verse 19, the woman said... He said, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. She, Jesus never mentioned the word prophet. He was just relational, and in that ministry started to flow. When we went through the last two years, the Lord spoke to me. and said, Andre, the churches that would survive the last two years is churches that are relational, churches that, are, that have contact with their people, churches, people will come back, not for the building not for the air conditioning. They will come back because they missed the pastor. That's what they need. They want to be in relationship. They want to be in fellowship. That is what would bring them back today. And so today, it is vital for us to be relational. Now, we are naturally, we are not relational. We are directional beings. I want to tell you the truth today that the husband or the wife that you are married to, the wives that are here, want to tell you a secret today, that your husband married you. Because your husband saw something in that relationship that would make them a better person. So we are directional beings. We pursue relationships because there's something in that relationship for us. So even though now 10 or 20 years after marriage, your husband says, well, there's nothing you can do right. I want to tell you the truth. There was a reason why they married you. They didn't look at you and think, well, I want to help someone else out today and I'll marry you to help you out. <laughs> there was something that drew them to you. I looked at my wife and there was something that I saw. I mean, I saw Holly Davidson when I saw my wife. <laughs> there, was, there was benefits. There was things that she could really elevate me to the, to the, next, to the next level. And the same thing... With us today, we're drawn to certain relationships because of what we can benefit from that relationship. We are directional beings. I, to explain it to you, I can have a neighbor next to me. And today, I've always loved cars. I love uh, um, exotic cars. I love antique cars. I love engines. There's certain things that I just makes me tick. You know, If I feel bad, I start a V8 and I just sit next to it and it makes my heart pumping. And I can go on again. I just need two... Two minutes with a V8, and I'm ready to go again. So it, this, it's, I'm drawn to that. It's something that God has put in my heart. So it's, it, I, I'm, I've got an eye for those things. I, I see certain things because I'm drawn to that. I can have a neighbor next to me, and for 10 years, he's my neighbor. I never greet him. I never stop by. I don't even know, you know what he does. But then one day, I hear that my neighbor is the DP, the dealer principal of an exotic car company. Guess what? Tomorrow morning, I'm going to have coffee with him. I'm going to sit with him because there's something in that relationship for me. We are directional things. amazing thing about Jesus is that God doesn't pursue us because of what he can get out of us. God pursues us because he's really interested in our lives. And now as we become saved, we might not be relational immediately, but the more we serve God, the more we become relational. The more it's not about what we can get out of a relationship, but what we can give and how we can empower and how we can support other people. Suddenly, there's a change of heart that takes place in our lives. And so Jesus is relational. And so the, the ministry of a New Testament prophet is relational. You know, we have this idea of a person that comes in and we line them up in prayer lines and we touch all of them and we leave. He's relational. Jesus said, he would spend time. Every time when Jesus did a, did a healing, He would listen to the person. Ask them, how long have you been like this? How has this affected your life? When Jesus was at Lazarus' grave, He didn't run in and say, hey, hey, stop crying. I'm going to raise Him now. Okay, the supernatural power of God is coming in. No, He had compassion for the people. He had compassion for Lazarus' mother, for the family. You know, He wept. He was relational. And then He raised Him from the dead. You know, he is in touch with people and their emotions and where they are. He really cares about their being. One day I prayed for my children. I said, God, I really pray that my children would know you. I really pray that my children would, would move with you and your hand would be upon their lives. And I prayed this prayer and then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Andre, I want you to know that I love your children more than you love them. You're trying to convince me to love them. I love them more than you can ever love them. I care for them more than you would care for them. And so God is not a distant God. He is relational. He cares about what we go through. He cares about what we face. The storm that you are going through right now is not just a concern to you. It's on his heart as well. And God is trying to fight you out of this situation to get you to the promised land, to get you to the place of overflow in your life. I want you to read with me in the book of Acts chapter 15 verse 32. This is a first indication where we see the function of New Testament prophets that starts to arise in the disciples. In Acts 15 verse 32, says, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. So when they met, they came with a word of encouragement. They uplifted the brethren. They didn't come in with with, with destruction and came in with warnings and with signs and and exposed everyone's sin and limitation. They came in and they uplifted them. They had words of encouragement. They had words that brought strength to the people. When you go through a storm in your life, you need a person that is prophetic enough, that can look beyond your storm and see the way out. When you are in a storm and even when you are in pain, there was times in my life where I was physically in so much pain that I could not believe. I was in pain. I was focused on the pain that I experienced at that moment. And I needed a voice that would come in and look beyond my situation, beyond my circumstances, and see life, and see what God is going to do. I did not see, I did not need someone that would come and expose my sin, and my weakness more. The first thing that we do is when we go through a challenge or in a storm, the first thing that we do is we think we made a mistake. We think maybe we did something that put us in that situation at that moment. And so we consult that. Jesus prophesies to his disciples. He says, we are going to the other side. And that day they get into that boat and they go through a storm and they are in that storm, not because of their disobedience, but because of their obedience. That's what put them there. But when we go through a storm, the first interaction is, what did I do wrong? Where did I miss it? (laughs) Why am I in this situation? But Jesus comes and he speaks about what is really important. He says, we are going through the other sides. A lot of us are going through seasons right now, and he cannot share the complete picture with you. He he shares parts of that. He says, listen, you are going to go through the other side. If he has to tell you everything that's about to happen, if he said to the disciples, listen, get into the boat, we're going to go to the other side, but from here to there, you're going to go through a storm, you're going to cry like babies you're going to complain, you're going to, you're going to turn against me. Most of them would not even get into that boat. They would say, no, we're not getting into that. Now he says to Israel, he says, leave Egypt. I'm sending you to a land filled with milk and honey. He doesn't tell them about the desert. He doesn't say that, they, that he's going to feed them daily. He doesn't tell them that there's already people living in the promised land and they are giants. He doesn't say that. Just tell them we're going to go to the promised land. And so we live on a need-to-know basis. He gives, he gives us what is necessary for this moment, for where he wants to take us. A lot of us want to get the full picture. Listen, we cannot handle the full picture. We have to know everything that we are going to go through to get to the promised land. Most of us will not move this place. They immediately complained and said, we received better treatment as slaves in Egypt because at least we were, we were guaranteed one meal a day. Now we, were, now we have to faith for it. We have to believe for food. It was better to be in slavery. But there was a process that he had to take them through to get them to the promised land. And so we have to learn that when God speaks to us to highlight that word because he's speaking about the other side. He's speaking about What is going to take us through the storm and get us to the place where we need to be? I don't need a prophetic voice that can highlight all the storms, all the challenges, all the obstacles. I want to know what's the way out. What is going to lead me in the storm? Now, to tell you the truth, it's way better to go through a storm with a prophetic word than without. (laughs) Because if you are going through a storm without a word, you've got nothing to hold on to. If God gives you a word, you have to hold on to it. And I've seen it often in my life that on Sunday, people get prophetic words, then on Monday, all hell breaks loose. And then people think, well, what happened? Where did I miss it? Was God not in Monday? He was there, but He was trying to move your focus from the storm to what you need to know and focus on to get you out of the situation and where you are going on this journey. One could then, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Follow the way of love. So the foundation of ministry is love. The reason why we are doing it, the reason why I'm functioning in it is not to become famous. It's not to be on the front of the newspaper. It's not to be an idol. The idea of this is because I love people. I love the kingdom of God and I want to see the kingdom of God advance. And so he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, the utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. I've set these boundaries in my life that when I minister to people, I say, God, help me to be encouragement to them. Help me to uplift them. Show me what area in their life do they need to be uplifted from. Where do they need to be comforted? Where do they need to be strengthened at this moment? When you become a voice that strengthens people, that brings life to people, you become a very effective tool in the kingdom of God. Suddenly God can take you to places where no man can take you because he can trust you with things. He can trust you with people. He can entrust you with people's lives and with their situations where they are because he know that you will look beyond that and you will find a way to uplift them and to encourage them to get through that obstacle and crisis. People often say to me, Andre, when I do prophetic training, they often say to me, Andre, but what about disciplining people? The word tells us that God disciplines his children. What about bringing, bringing a word of correction? What about disciplining? What about bringing warnings? I've noticed through my life, that God has a way to hit you so hard, but it feels so good. His way of correction and His way of disciplining is not breaking you down. God has rebuked me many times in my life, but every time when I were rebuked, I felt uplifted. I felt encouraged. I felt strengthened in that moment. Even though God spoke directly to the situation, at that moment I felt better. I didn't feel broken that I have to go and hide for a week and weep. No. No. We don't know how to discipline people. When we discipline people, we break down their character. You know, we, we expose their sin and their weaknesses. And God has to help us. When we learn to know the heart of God, then the way of correction changes completely. I have a way today where I can minister to a person within this room. And I can, I can speak to the situation directly. But no one in this room will know what it is about. It's not God's heart to expose you. It's not his heart to let you stand out. It's his heart to cover you. It says love covers a multitude of sins. He wants to speak to that situation, still address it, but he does not want to expose you. The enemy is the one that exposes. The enemy is the one that uncovers us. But God's grace is there to protect us and to uphold us. And I want to encourage you to become a voice of encouragement in people's lives. There's one thing that draws the Holy Spirit to our lives, And that is when we are positive and we encourage people. I can look at a person today and I might not even have a word for them. But as soon as I look at him and I say to him, well, I really like your shirt today. Immediately, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit come. Because he wants to be part of the place where people are being uplifted. But when I start to criticize people and I'm negative and I speak against them and I dishonor them, then the Holy Spirit stands, he starts to leave. It does not want to be connected to that. It does not want to be part of that moment because that is the work of the enemy that we are busy with at that moment. Don't let the enemy use you as a voice to harm the body of Christ. Use you as a voice to bring discouragement and criticism. Many people that speak and, and they bring words of criticism and they think it's prophetic. It's not a prophetic gift, it is criticism. They're critical about everything that's happening. That's not a, not a voice that's uplifting and, and strengthening people at that moment. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verse 4, it says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well instructed tongue. Not just a tongue, but a well instructed tongue. It's a, it's a trained tongue. He says, To know the word that sustains the weary. What sustains the weary? The word. The word of God is what sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen, like one being instructed. This is a person that's in relationship with God. This is someone that, that whose ear is inclined to the heart of God. They're looking at situations, and then they incline and say, "God, what are you saying about this situation? What is your heart right now?" We are, the whole world is going through different types of crises right now at this moment. And we can talk about the storms, the challenges. You, you don't have to be prophetic to reveal the storms that we are in right now. But we need someone that in the midst of that can still see the plan of God for South Africa. That can still see what God wants to do in East London. That can still see what God wants to do in Russia, in Ukraine, in America, in Israel. That can look beyond the storm. The storm is just a distraction. The storm just reveals where our focus is and where our heart is and what is inside us. When you go through a storm, whatever is inside you comes out. Storms are not there to make or break us, but to reveal us. When we go through a storm, whatever is in that person comes out. You can clearly see where the hearts of the disciples is in that storm. I mean, these are people that have seen miracles. They've seen the supernatural. They've seen (laughs) the ability and the gifting on Jesus' lives. Yet they go through a storm and fear comes out. Now, I thank God for storms because storms reveal us. You do not grow in summer. You grow in winter. It's easy. In summer, it's easy to be spiritual. It's easy to sing the songs. But when you go through winter and you don't have the strength inside you to sing anymore, (laughs) you don't have the strength to stand. And that moment is when growth takes place. Suddenly, everything is revealed. All the weaknesses is revealed in us. And so don't see a storm as something negative in your life. See it as a place where I can grow and I know where I need to improve in my life for what he wants to do. But that doesn't mean that I have to stay in a storm for the rest of my life. I want to end this morning with a testimony. A couple of years ago, I did a, went to Houston and we set up conferences in Houston, right, 30 days meetings throughout Houston. We rented various uh, venues in Houston, various churches, conferences through that region. A lot of planning that went into it. A lot of finances to, to secure the venues. And then suddenly, Two weeks before that, it started to rain in Houston, Texas. Houston just kept on raining and raining and raining, and uh, they sent me photos from Houston where the airport was flooded. I mean, planes were underwater, Boeing's were underwater, completely flooded. And Houston announced that they are closing the airport for 24 hours. The day before that, I had to get on a plane, fly to Houston, for these conferences and. Uh, uh, I fly with Emirates and it takes two days to get there. And so Emirates would not change my ticket because they said by the time you arrive, it will be the next day. And Houston is only closed for 24 hours. So people that are arriving within 24 hours, we can change their tickets. So they wouldn't change, make the change to my ticket. So I got onto the plane. I flew to, to uh, um, Dubai. I arrived there. Many of the pastors phoned me. I said, listen, we're going to cancel all the meetings. And other pastor said, no, no, this is a good time to continue and to minister to people, especially when they are in need right now. We need to continue. So I arrive in Dubai and I don't know what to do. Lord, what do I do? Do Do I go back to come back to South Africa? Do I go for this? Do I trust you? What do I do in this moment? And this is really a crisis for me. I'm in a situation, people are running around at the airport. They're crying. It's chaos at the airport. They're trying to change their flights and I don't know what to do. Do I stay on the flight to Houston or do I change to Dallas or do I go back to South Africa? I'm crying out to God and say, Lord, what do I need to do? Just tell me what I need inside right now. I need a word that's beyond this situation right now. The Lord spoke to me in that moment and he said, Andre, I want you to know that I love you. In that moment, I said, God, I don't have time for this right now. (laughs) I, I need direction. I need to know, Houston, Dallas, what do I do in this moment? And then the Lord spoke to me again. He said, Andre, I want you to know that I'm proud of you, the fact that you are so faithful, that you're so committed to me and to what I can do and where I'm sending you. And so I want to thank you for your commitment and your faithfulness towards me. And the more I'm trying to get direction and answers, the more God speaks about something completely different. In that moment, I realized, John, where, this, where Jesus ministered and he is relational. I realized that I'm not going to get answers out of God right now. I went and sat into the lo- at the airport in the lounge. I said, Lord, okay, if I miss the flight, I miss it. But I'm just going to start to fellowship with you right now. And I started to speak with God, not about the challenge, not about what I was facing, just building relationship. About 10 minutes into sitting and fellowshipping with the Lord, The Lord spoke to me, he said, Andre, get up, go over to the counter, the ticketing counter, and change your flight to Dallas. By that time, all the crowds were gone, all the lines are gone, walked over, changed the flight, I got onto the Dallas flight, and halfway, it's a 14 hour flight, halfway into that flight, they announced on the plane that Houston has just announced that, that they will be closed for additional 24 hours, so all the flights are being redirected right there at that moment because of relationship because of fellowship he started to give me answers and directions and reveal to where what i need to do at this moment a lot of us see god only when we are in a storm only when we need an answer you know we we when there's a when we are in a crisis then we will come to church then we will pray then we can pray 3 3 hours through the night because we need an answer for that situation We have to come to a place, I often say this, that we can get to a place in our relationship with God where we enter a spiritual summer for the rest of our lives. You can come into harmony with God that no matter what happens outside you, that it doesn't have to affect everything inside you. There's a place of stability. There's a place of peace where you can start to carry the peace of God wherever you go. And no matter what happens around you, the whole world, might look like it's falling apart around you, but yet there's still peace inside you. This is a very important time in our lives now. We've experienced the shaking and we are going to experience many more shakings in the next couple of years. But the Lord said to me that as we hold on to him now, that even though things shake outwardly, that we will remain unshakable. It doesn't mean that you have to be shaken, your household has to be shaken in the midst of that. In the midst of turmoil, God can still bless you, can still uphold you in the midst of what we're going through. And this is what we are going to see more and more as the years come. We're going to see who are walking with God. There's people that serve God seasonally. (laughs) Every season they serve Him. And normally it's winters. But summers, they're out on the jet ski somewhere else, busy fishing, golfing, doing other things. They don't need Him. If we can start to seek God, even though your life overflows, even though everything is at peace in your life and you still seek Him and your prayer life is still important, you are going to elevate in your relationship with God completely to a different position and different place. While everything is calm, let's seek Him and let's press through and let's listen to His voice without crises and challenges in our lives. Lord, say to me, many people only seek me during storms. And if I give them an answer, I don't see them again, only when the next storm arises in their lives. What that causes, it causes a delay in your life. Also, when it comes to getting answers from God, God will delay the answer to keep you close to Him for a longer period, to keep you in that place. And so I don't want to be in that position where God has to delay things to keep me. I want Him to know that I will seek Him no matter what. no matter where I am, no matter what I'm facing, I will seek it. I was in a position many years ago, for some strange reason, I started to get kidney stones. One after the other, they started to hit me, and I did everything that they told me to do. They said, stop this, do that. I did everything They just kept on coming, one after the other. I had about eight kidney stones right after each other, and it is tremendous pain. I was in the hospital with the last one, and I'm laying in the hospital, and I started to search my own heart. I said, God, I don't know. Maybe I did something wrong. I started to seek. Maybe I have sinned in my life. Maybe there's something that. I, but I couldn't find anything. And I laid in that hospital bed, tremendous pain. And in that moment, I said, God, I am going to make a quality decision today. That no matter what I go through, if I'm sick, I will serve you. And I'm healthy, I'm going to serve you. If I have financial lack, I'm going to serve you. If I have abundance, I'm going to serve you. But from this day forth, circumstances will never again influence my relationship with you. When I said that in the hospital bed, the pain left me. And never again did I get kidney stones after that moment. I made a decision to serve God no matter what. I believe that during this conference, God has opened up wells. And during this conference that God has brought you to a place, these people that's in this room, you have to make a quality decision. You have to make a quality decision in your walk with God that external things will not influence your position with Him. It will not cause you to pull away, to draw away. This is something that I loved about David, is when David made a mistake, he ran to God. He did not run away. He ran to God immediately. Adam said, it was Eve. Eve said, no, it was Adam. Everyone uh, blame shift gave someone else the blame. But David said, it was me. I did it. <laughs> it's me. Don't take your presence from me. I need you. He came to him immediately. I want to encourage you specifically in this season to we're in right now. Don't allow the enemy to create distance between you and God. If distance starts to come in, you have to get back into that place. I heard through the worship this morning, come to Him with boldness. With boldness. Come to Him. You know, I, <laughs> I have a, a seven-year-old today, and it's interesting that when I pray, or when I prepare for a sermon, He doesn't care. I can be in the holiest of holy moment that I'm in, and He opens up. He can come in quietly. He throws that door open. He runs in, jumps on my lap. My notes goes everywhere. My iPad falls on the ground because he knows the Father. He knows the Father. I cannot say to him, no, don't interrupt this holy moment right now. God is in the room. He knows the Father and he knows that he has access to me 24 hours a day. Don't let the enemy disturb that access and say, no, no, no. Wait outside. Knock on the door. No, no, no. Pay a price. Bring a sacrifice. It's not good enough. Create distance between you and the Father. Because of Jesus, we have access to Him today. (laughs) We can interrupt the holiest of holy moment. The angels are worshiping God and then we interrupt. Say, okay. And God says, okay, quiet. My son is in the room. Okay, wait, wait. My daughter is in the room right now. I'm clearing my schedule for the day. I'm available right now. (laughs) I'm here to listen. I'm here to fellowship. God has created us for communion. He's created us for fellowship. One of the greatest attacks against God is to take you away from Him. It's one thing that the enemy can do is he can remove you from the presence of God. That's the greatest attack against God is to remove fellowship, to break fellowship. That's why he sent Jesus so that we can be reconciled with Him once again. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for every person that's in this room right now. Father, today, we pray, Lord, that you would come and restore the relationship that we have with you, Father. Lord, I declare that the most important thing is you. Not all the stuff, not all the things. Nothing can buy your presence. Nothing can replace you. Father, I pray that as we went through this conference and through prayer, through fasting, through preparation, the veil has been torn. And we have access, everyone has access, that the presence that we experienced here, the overflow that we experienced here, that it would not stop here, but it would leave with us, move with us back into our families, back into our businesses, back into our ministries. And this flow would continue in our lives. We pray for that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. I want to share a word with you corporately, where we are right now and what is happening. You can open up your Bibles in Exodus, and it's a corporate word of what we're facing right now and where we are at this moment. The last uh, two, three years has been years of pushing and pulling, pushing and pulling. When the lockdown happened, there was many things that we had to do. Um, I was scheduled... Uh, the lockdown in March I think we South Africa got shut down on the Wednesday I was supposed to fly to Chicago that Friday for a conference apostolic conference in Chicago right before that it was shut down and it was pushing and pulling Um, it was challenging being back home part of what I'm doing is traveling is part of it planes is part of my life it's part of part of the journey nations is part of that and suddenly I could not travel I could not move and uh I, I stayed home for the first two weeks of the lockdown and then I started to get frustrated because of the calling and because of what God had for me. And I remember at that moment crying out to the Lord and I said, God, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, Andre, get back into your assignment. And I had to reevaluate myself and say, what is my assignment? What am I called for? Not what people, what's people's opinion of what they think I'm called for. I had to evaluate myself and say, God has called me to the prophetic. He has called me to equip, strengthen the saints, to develop people. Nations is part of the journey. And I had to get up and I went to Emirates, one of my favorite airlines. Went to their office in Santon. The lady was sitting in the the office, everything locked down. I knocked on the door and she wouldn't respond. And then someone came to the glass on the inside. And uh, I said to her, um, she said, sir, can I help you? I said, yes, I want to fly. She said, sir, you don't understand. Everything is shut down. The airport is closed. At that moment, the military was around Owartambu Airport, no flights were coming in or out. She said, no one is flying. I said, no, it's fine. Went to the second airline, i need to fly. No, it's impossible. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Kept on going until I got an airline that said, we can do it. And in the middle of lockdown, I left South Africa on a cargo plane not through Oatumbo Airport. I got into a cargo plane, and I left South Africa. I arrived in Chicago. They dropped me. This plane—I don't want to go into details—but they, they dropped me in Chicago, and uh, I walked through customs, and immediately I could go on with ministry and so on. I asked the guys on the plane. I said, "Listen, what's the what's the possibility to put my wife and children on this plane?" They said, "No, we can do it. You just have to to pay for the fuel or contribute." Now, I don't know if you know, but jet fuel is a bit more expensive than... than but uh, two, three weeks later, my wife and children came on the same plane. They came, to, they came to America, and they were there with me. It was pushing and pulling. There was a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges. Then, 20, then 2021, same thing. So many challenges. I had to go to Mexico. There was stuff there that we had to face. Then they sent me to the Bahamas. There's many challenges, pushing and pulling and pushing and pulling. And then January arrived this year. And God spoke to me. I'm releasing this over your life this morning. Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Verse fourteen. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. It's so easy to bring a pattern over from 2021 and uh, 2020, 2021 into 2022. A pattern of pushing and pulling and making things happen. You know, 50 people can meet. We're going to push for 51. 100 can meet. We're going to push for 105. We're going to push and pull the boundaries the whole time. Push and pull. And Then suddenly we entered a new season in 2020. The new season has arrived. We are in the new. We're not waiting for it to come. And then God speaks and he says, my presence will lead you in 2022. And suddenly, being in control of everything in your life, knowing how to make things happen. I am a planner. I can make stuff happen. Uh, I, can, I can arrange things. I can get things done very quickly. Suddenly, I have to stand back and I have to say, Holy Spirit, lead. Take, come and lead again. I can run in front of Him. I can plan things. I can set up things. Suddenly, I have to st- I have to stand back as the Holy Spirit lead. We are in this season right now where you have to allow God to lead you in 2022. Don't force things. Don't push things. It can become a habit of breaking doors down continually. Let his presence go with you in this year. And that presence will open up doors. It will create opportunities. It will create favor. It will pave the way in front of you. And it will lead you to a place of rest. That rest does not mean that we don't do anything. That rest means that we are releasing and we are letting go. And then suddenly, He starts to accelerate things. The things that you could not do in the last 10 years in your life, suddenly it happens within days. Because it is rest. When they they invited me to Israel, to be in Israel, they, they spoke to me and they said that September last year, Israel, naturally right now, is in a sabbatical year. It's a Sabbath year in Israel right now. It is the year of rest in Israel right now, in the natural. And they invited me to this feast that's happening right now. Many things are opening because of all the feasts that's happening in Israel. They're opening up travel again to Israel because of those feasts. Now, the Sabbath year means... A year to release and let go. We are holding on to stuff. (laughs) We want to be in charge of our destiny, of our purpose, of our plans. And it's a time to let go. I want to say to you, let God lead in 2022. Stand back and say, Lord, this is my plan, but what do you want to do? And God's going to lead you to places. His presence will go with you. Moses needed to be reassured That the presence of god is with him i have one prayer one prayer in 2022 i say god if your presence is not in it i don't want to be connected to it i don't want to be there doesn't matter how it looks on the outward how successful how glamorous it looks on the outward appearance if you are not there i don't want to be in that place i want to go where your presence leads And for that, we have to be inclined to God. You're going to be distracted if you keep on watching the news. I'm talking about Christian news, not CNN. Christian news is going to confuse you completely. You have to be intact with the voice of God. Say, God, show me where does your presence go. Because God is in places right now that many people do not understand. He's moving in places that that we've objected and we've said that God cannot be in that place. And that is the very place where his presence is right now. Areas where we think nothing can come from that place. And suddenly there's a visitation from God in that place. Those are the moments. Those are the places where I want to be in this season in my life. And so let God lead. Let his presence go with you in this year in your life. Wherever you go, let his presence be with you. Amen.